0: I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. And in today's Stephen and Kevin show, we're going to address three questions coming from you, starting with... Our thoughts on Twitter removing the 140-character limit. Second, what are some inexpensive intimate client event ideas? And in this environment, should all intimate client events be just fun? Today, Kevin, we've got three questions. These come directly from you, our audience. If you ever have a question that you'd like answered, hashtag AskStevenAndKevin. That's right. And here we are. Let's start with question one, Kevin. What do you think about Twitter's move to remove the 140-character limit?
1: This is a big move uh, on, on Twitter's part, um, and I think it's it's a must-needed move. I think Twitter uh, it has a major issue. You take a look at their stock price. I mean, it's, it's just going down and down. Uh, the they have a big attention issue to me. Looking at Twitter is like looking at uh, you know uh, the ESPN ticker at the bottom of ESPN. It's just constantly feeding through stuff, and I think that they need to do something to become more relevant um, today. And and but you do worry a little bit. I mean, is Twitter going to lose its identity? You
0: know? Yeah, but if your identity isn't all that worthwhile, what difference does it make? Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's you know we we try to get into people ask me sometimes why Twitter? Well, why do people use it? And I think people fall into a couple of camps on there. Some use it purely for uh, news. They go online. Twitter's a great place to see the absolute most current updates yeah. of what's happening in the world. Yep. Uh, and also, uh, you find many of the younger generation, the millennials out there, who use it as kind of a mass text message. That's how they communicate with their friends. Two totally different objectives. Yeah. Uh, and, and in my opinion, I think that's one of the flaws with Twitter right now. We're, we're active Twitter users, but when you go on it, let's say, for instance, I follow uh, a good friend of mine and I follow the New York Times. Now, I couldn't find my friend's post on there. It would take a while if I were to scroll through there. There should be a differentiation between your friends and your news sources, in my opinion, on your dashboard. So you can have actually a useful news feed and then an actual useful what are my buddies posting on here. You're right, because you could right.
1: create lists, but to me yeah, they're not just that- It's cumbersome. Yeah, it's, it's cumbersome. Not, not very intuitive. It's so what
0: effect does, does, uh, does increasing the character limit have on all that?
1: Well, I, I think that obviously it's gonna make you think more about who you're following. Right. If, if all of a sudden in my, I don't know what they're going to do exactly. And that's the other thing too. We don't know what exactly what Twitter is going to roll out here. But if Twitter all of a sudden becomes, you know, long form posts or, or the new thing on Twitter and now you're taking up a lot of real estate in my newsfeed, well, that, that makes a big difference. Um, I, I think that Twitter also needs to look at. Tailoring that newsfeed, just like Facebook does, um, you know, in terms of showing me people that I actually care about and engage with first. Uh, some people are opposed to that. I think if you look at all the research that Facebook says about tailoring the newsfeed, um, it's all good stuff actually, because um, there's just a lot of noise.
0: Yeah, and the same with LinkedIn. LinkedIn
1: uh, yeah. uh, curates a little bit, right?
0: Yeah, they they figure out what's mo- you're most likely yes. to want to see. Yeah, and I think the longer form posts are going to be a good thing because people are going to post less frequently. That's my opinion, at least. No different than on LinkedIn. You don't see most people posting 10 times a day on LinkedIn, but you certainly see it on Twitter. If you've got to think of something beyond 140 characters to post, I mean, I can come up with 10 tweets in 10 minutes. If I had to come up with 10 long form posts, that's going to be a month's worth of work.
1: Yeah, I I think it's going to be a good thing. I think for advisors, it's something that you need to be Keeping an eye on and thinking now, does LinkedIn or sorry, does Twitter become uh, a, d- a different type of platform for me beyond just news? Does it become something where I'm putting blog posts on Twitter? Who knows? Who knows what they're actually going to end up rolling out and what it's going to look like?
0: But that one change, uh, you know, could make it to where it is a part of your social media marketing efforts. Where heretofore it was not. I mean, if you had to squeeze everything into 140 characters, and that's what per- stopped you basically from going on there and doing it. Now you can post the same things on there essentially as you do on LinkedIn. So if Kevin, you know, if you were an active on posting on LinkedIn now, it's easy enough just to post on both.
1: Right, that, that's, that's exactly it. So keep an eye out for, for it. Uh, I think it could be a, a really good thing for Twitter. We're, we're excited about it. We're, yeah, we're excited to see what happens with it because we're going to use it. Uh, and, um, and again, looking at the research, how advisors use Twitter, news source. Now Twitter be, could become way more relevant for content marketing.
0: All right, Kevin. Question number two today. What are some inexpensive ways to host client events? Great question. Popular topic, especially as we train newer advisors on, how do I do all this stuff, guys, without breaking the bank? Every time I host a dinner or a wine tasting- It gets expensive. uh, Yeah, the money adds up. And if you're not absolutely bringing in new business every time, it gets even uh, more difficult to justify the expense of it. So- some of the best events we've ever seen, Kevin, have been ones that are inexpensive and easy to put together.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the the easiest ways to go about doing that is to leverage a local business. There's plenty of local businesses in your community right now who would welcome the idea of you bringing in potential clients for them, and they'll let you do it at a fraction of the cost.
0: Give me an example here, Kevin.
1: Example here. So an advisor we worked with up in Washington state, she wanted to hold a typical wine tasting type of event. Putting a little bit of a spin on it though, she found a local art gallery, brand new art gallery right in her community there. Uh, and she went in there said, I want to talk to the owner. She spoke to the owner and said, Hey, I would love to hold a wine tasting here. I'll do it after hours. We'll clean up after ourselves. Uh, it'll be just for a handful of maybe some clients and some friends and um, and other professionals that I'm you know, working with. And, uh, and I love to do it here at your art gallery, and I love to get some buzz going about your art gallery. And uh, the owner said, absolutely. I won't even charge you for the space, and can I be there so I can walk around and show people the art? And… Of course, this advisor said, "Sure, that's great." So she brings in her own bottles of wine, she cooks her own hors d'oeuvres, and I think she held the event for a hundred bucks. But she said it didn't look like a hundred bucks,
0: right? Right,
1: because it was at this nice art gallery, and now now she does it all the time. She calls it Art After Dark.
0: Right? And we've seen the same at jewelry stores, at car dealerships. Yeah, oh, that's a great. Had one. Some great car dealership events lately. They're more willing to participate in something like this than you would think. Uh, I had a guy one time do an event in partnership with a high-end kitchen remodeler. They each brought a few clients and prospective clients and they did the event at a Viking Range store and held a cooking demonstration. Smart? Yeah, win-win. So, some of those things just they don't cost a lot of money. The other thing you might want to consider is, you know, sometimes when we think event, Kevin, we're thinking about formal events with invitations with, you know, set seating and you know, Sometimes an event is just you piggybacking on something going on in the community.
1: So you're saying taking a larger event and turning it into an intimate event.
0: Yeah, so let's say there is a uh, an art exhibition coming through town. The fact that you call a few clients and prospective clients, guest uh, COIs, and organize a trip there it doesn't have to cost you much of anything you're not even volunteering to pay for some of these that's things.
1: smart i think it's but, really smart you know
0: that's how we maximize and when you look at new advisors who are really rocking it with this intimate event strategy they get creative on who they invite and they get creative on what events they can host that look like a million bucks without spending it yeah, love it now on a related topic kevin question number three today the final question of the day should all client events be fun with this type of volatility And that's a question we get sometimes from people when the markets heat up a little bit. They're asking, hey, I don't want to look like I'm this happy-go-lucky, you know, forget the markets. Let's go out with a bang here and just drink wine and scotch. It, you know, it's a perception thing for some.
1: Yeah, when we're looking at coming out of, you know, 08, 09, some of the advisors who really took advantage of that volatility and, and from a client communication standpoint, but also from a prospecting standpoint, they held market update type of events, just educating clients. But now these aren't product pitches and things like that. This is just educational style events. And I think those can go over very well.
0: Yeah. And you look at some of the research we have. There are some clients of yours who absolutely have no interest in ever coming to one of your fun events. That's true. And there are some clients who have no interest in going to your market events, but there's some of both in every one of your books of business. So some of them want education, especially when there's volatility, you'll have a higher demand for those types of updates, whether it's done by you, uh, an expert from your firm, via conference call from the home office, having a wholesaler or someone from one of their firms come out and speak. These right. things have been real popular, and for good reason. People crave information in times of volatility.
1: And you're double dipping here, so you're, you're increasing communication with your good clients. You're also prospecting in the sense that you're they're bringing people along with them.
0: And here's the thing too, Kevin, don't be afraid of having fun events when the market's volatile if the markets hit the tanks, Right. Right. Let's say tomorrow things just go through the gurgler, and let's hope it doesn't. Right. Right. Should you cancel an intimate event? No. no. You started out by just acknowledging the fact that we're not living in a cave here. We're hey, no, <laughs> we totally oblivious to what's going on. Yeah, here. we're not oblivious yeah. here. You might think, gosh, what are these guys just gonna, you know. Uh, drink, you know, drink their way into happier times here when the market's taking a tank. No, you, you'd start off your event by saying, welcome, everybody. Glad to have you here. Hey, We're not lost in the fact that, yes, there's been a lot of market volatility. Yesterday was unfortunate, but we're on top of it. That doesn't stop yep. us from having a little bit of fun. We, you know, we're able to work during the day and get this stuff uh, yep. fully taken care of and to protect all of you. And, uh, you know, today, tonight, let's forget about that. Let's have a little bit of fun. And people are fully accepting of that.
1: Great. Good stuff. So, so that's episode one of the uh, Stephen and Kevin show. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully yeah, there's many, tuned. many episodes to come, right? Um, and,
0: uh, and tweet us your questions. Hashtag Ask Steven and Kevin, and we'll take your questions on the air. Thanks, everybody. Right. Thanks,
1: everyone.